wherever in the world you currently are. Uh, we're up with our next episode of Careers in the Cloud. And this one is a very, very special personally to me. Uh, for those who know, don't know. Um, but yeah, we're here with, uh, of course, Hemi and our very special guest, Richard Stoltz, who I am fully confident is very well known across the Salesforce and Salesforce Industries um, area. Uh, has been there for a very, very long time. And we've got a very exciting questions to discuss today. And I think um, it'll be a very special episode. And I'm so keen about it. Special one. Nick, what, Nick wanted to do this one with Richard for so long. She was like, Hemi, we need to sit down with Richard. His story is incredible. And it was only until I started to get to know Richard and we've worked with him a little bit in the past that we started to realize that, like everyone, there's more than meets the eye, right? And you can never judge a book by its cover, but it's an inspiring story. It's for someone or anyone watching today that feels that they don't know what they're doing right now and they don't know where they're going to go in life. I think when you speak to or hear the story of Richard, you'll understand that you can achieve it and, and you can become someone successful and be renowned in the ecosystem of Salesforce, like Nikki said. So, Rich, great to have you here. First of all, how are you? How are you feeling? You're flattering me, guys. Great to be here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Amazing to see you. I miss you. you um as we are not working together anymore but as always it's always nice to to see you to hear you it's always a great time speaking with you we always have a good vibe you're very you're very funny guys uh, as i am as well so <laughs> let's roll it on let's see where it goes let's be honest let's discuss some stuff that usually is not being discussed across the it people so yeah let's do that happy to and be you're here a realist, and that's why we love you rich i think for those that don't know Richard is someone who worked his way up and you'll find out more about his career within Salesforce, especially within Salesforce Industries. We had the pleasure of working with him. You know, he's someone that I think has a massive following. He's got a lot of connections. So I think the biggest thing for those watching Rich, right, who don't know you like me and Nikki know you and those that are in the SFI and Salesforce world, how did you get into Salesforce firstly? And what was your life like? What was your life like before Salesforce? So firstly, thank you. I appreciate you presenting me like that. Obviously, it's not as cool as it sounds from Hemis, but yeah, it's too I'm trying humble, to guys. do my it's best. Uh, yeah, humble. need to remain humble. As it's, I'm yet to be there, as Hemis has described, but we are going there. Regarding myself, so yeah, hey everyone, who knows me, who doesn't? Um, I am Richard Stoltz based in Austria right now, originally from Latvia. I started working in Salesforce for around seven years ago. My background is pretty much IT. I studied the computer science. My original background and original intention with IT was programming actually, so I learned Java. I learned programming languages. I didn't know at that time when I was studying what is the uh, Salesforce, obviously. I knew what is CRM because by very big accident, I had to prepare a presentation in front of audience about the CRM topic. And when I started it, I didn't know what the hell that is. And even when I finished the topic, I didn't know what Salesforce is. So <laughs> that's funny how I ended up here. So been with Salesforce for around seven years. Uh, but the most interesting part is that I've been with Velocity, SFI currently for around five, 
maybe more more than five years already started as one of the first people in Europe. Uh, I think we can disclose some of the projects with not the entire names, but all everyone in Velocity community knows probably Finland telco projects, Finland big telco, telco companies. Uh, at that time, also some Italian media projects were there. So we have started as one of the first people in uh, Finnish telco. And at the time, I remember it took me and some other colleagues of mine a week to configure an Omniscript and to make it work. We were really proud about that. These days, everyone is an expert of Omniscript. It's probably the most common area in sales in Velocity. Um, but yeah, having all kinds of knowledge of Velocity SFI, I'm, I'm personally always been a technical hands-on guy, um, know pretty much every possible area of velocity, everything you can imagine, CPQ, Omni Studio, EPC, order management, um, whatever else, uh, have hands-on on all of Just that, yeah. You you were one of the uh, original ambassadors, Rich. If I look at SFI, right, oh, for those that don't know yeah. velocity, it, it's grown to the point where you see so many crossover into the ecosystem, but to see that you were working with it at such an early stage, and to where it is now as a product, to where Salesforce is, the fact that Velocity got acquired for 1.3 billion. The one thing that was interesting when I got to know you, and I think Nikki got to know you as a person, is your background was never really IT. If I could just go back slightly, right, to a young Rich when he was probably in school or you know growing up in Latvia, can you tell me and the audience and Nikki? What was your life like back then and, and just kind of your environment, your surroundings and, you know, you as a person? Absolutely. Like if I knew myself 15, 10 years after at that time when I was at school, I would never believe that it would be me. <laughs> uh, but before touching on that subject, you were exactly right, by the way, saying that we were ambassadors for Velocity. When it just started, when Velocity wasn't capable of a lot of things, we, together with some of my other colleagues, people may also know, shout out to Artem Slivenskis, we already started to think that uh, it's good to know Salesforce, but it's also good to know some frameworks. And we found that Velocity might be a good framework to start focusing on. And we became an ambassadors in the company that we were in, Accenture Latvia. We were really promoting Velocity across all the Salesforce people. We were going to different um, meetings with non-IT people. Artsons was going to schools, for example, as far as I know. Uh, we were trying to promote Velocity across Java and programmers, people saying them, not only Velocity, but the Salesforce as well, saying them what are the benefits and so forth. So we were really promoting hard usage of Velocity framework. We never knew that it will grow like that. We were hoping so. We switched into it, and I will start speaking about myself from this point. I really switched into the Velocity Framework five, six years ago. Since that moment, I was deliberately focusing on it. Every single project that I was looking for, I was deliberately looking for Velocity, and it, and it worked out. You see that Velocity has grown a lot. This acquisition of Velocity by Salesforce, it played a big role, and we have all benefited from that. Right now, I'm just happy to see that so many European projects are using Velocity. Uh, and I'm really happy about that because 
those five, six years ago, I was promoting hell out of it. And now I'm just happy where it came. Um, I find it that's amazing about that. as well, right? Like, I think, I think with Velocity, just touching that before you go into your life, it's amazing that you saw it at a time where it was still so niche. It was a startup. I remember when I started working with them and they just opened in London, nobody even knew what it was. And I was going out to people in the yeah, ecosystem yeah. like, guys, do you want to work with Velocity? And they were like, what's Velocity? We'd rather work with Sales Cloud, Service Cloud, you know, the basics of core Salesforce. And you took a gamble in many ways. You took a risk. You embedded yes, yourself yes. into it, studied it, tried to get more people into it. And they probably wouldn't, some of them wouldn't even listen to you probably back then. They were probably like, no, we're happy with Java. Exactly. And, and there, the, was, and there was some bias as well. There was some bias like, hey, why the hell you would need this velocity? We will just keep with Salesforce core. And there was bias like that. And people just wouldn't want to switch learning the framework that's, that no one has had high hopes for until knowing more and more about that. But I was always seeing that projects were uh, buying Velocity licenses together with Salesforce. Every single European project that did it, I was always happy about that. By the way, the same risk and gamble I took when I switched from programming to Salesforce, I just had that wild thought that, hey, maybe I don't want to have my entire life sitting in front of code programming, not seeing the daylight, <laughs> just kidding. And uh, <laughs> being a very technical programmer guy, I thought that maybe that's not the, the person who I want to be. That's not the stuff that I want to do my entire life. I saw that Salesforce and CRM is a very nice perspective to work with, especially that Salesforce at that moment, it wasn't uh, the number one, I believe, but now it is number one, fortunately. And uh, we know that even back then, so many uh, large companies across entire entire world started switching, transitioning to Salesforce. So we could know that for a long time to come, there will be projects, there will, there will be clients and there will be demand and work. Without exaggerating, I was the worst scholar the worst student probably in the entire grade of mine in my um, school i always had um, the, the 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 worst marks i always had the worst um, issues happening my teachers were always calling my mom, my father. They were always called to school. So I was really the bad kid. I wasn't studying, wasn't learning. I had some discipline and I had respect to teachers always, but I just couldn't make myself learn, study and do anything. I just was having a lot of friends. I started to party late in the school. Uh, doing sports and all that kinds of stuff. And I just wasn't learning and studying. When you think of architects or people within IT who are some of the top people like yourself within SFI and other industries, you never know where they came from, right? And the fact yeah. that you had that creative side and you touched upon one thing, which we can talk about later, but the soft skills and the confidence that it gave you to then maneuver yourself into a world which you never knew. Rich, you have, done so much and we'll touch on that you know and Nikki can touch on that as well what do you think it was that sparked the flame that changed your life to come from you know 
a, a poor background in a way where, you know, I relate to that single mum, you know, father not around, limited options because you didn't get the the actual qualifications out of school that you should have got. What was it that clicked in your mind that made you turn your life around? There definitely was that point. At one point in my life, I won't even specify a year, I got sick pretty bad with one of the bad uh, diseases. I'm all good right now, so don't worry, but I got so sick that I couldn't even, for example, leave home. I, I had re rehabilitation and that stuff. It was quite bad. I had depression. I took antidepressants and all that stuff. And um, I started to rearrange my thoughts about the life and where is it all going to? Do I really want to be um, just drinking, hanging out with friends, doing music, uh, which is not very promising in Latvia, as you can imagine. And we also weren't just, we were not fancy band. We were just underground hip hop band. You can imagine that probably, Kemi. So at one moment, I don't know why, but I started to think that I need to start learning growing myself as a person, um, just putting my shit together, my thoughts, um, and thinking of the future and thinking what will happen next in my life and so forth. So all started with just uh, reading books, but I decided that I don't want to read just usual books and stuff. I started to read philosophy. Uh, this was Friedrich Nietzsche. Arthur Schopenhauer, all the all those OGs of philosophy. Um, I this probably like uh, young maximalism. I don't know if there is that term in English, but obviously I wasn't like a philosopher or anything like that. But I started doing something. I started reading, started to learn stuff, started to think about items. I started. Uh, I stopped wasting time on just fun things. I started even in my free time to ex entertain myself with something that makes me learn, whether it is the YouTube videos and YouTube creators, uh, whether it is some kind of movies. I started to watch movies and TV shows exclusively in English because at that moment I didn't know English whatsoever because I wasn't studying at school, as you remember. So I started really changing everything that about my life um, and my English started to come up better. Um, my thoughts started to come together. I started to feel that I am growing personally. An opportunity came. One of our family relatives gave us 3000 euros. It was a crazy amount of money at that moment. And I decided to, and mother decided to spend a good amount on uh, covering debts and the other amount just on myself. That's how good my mother is. Um, so she bought me a computer and the, the good one, something that I wanted. And we decided to put me into some university or institute. I took computer science by accident. I didn't know what is programming at that moment. So I wasn't prepared for that. I just took computer science because I wanted to sit in front of a computer and make my money like that. Uh, and very soon when I started to go there, I realized how hard it is when you 
actually for the first time in your life have to study. By some accident, programming came easy for me. I, I was very good at programming. We started C-sharp languages, uh, C++ and all that stuff. It was easy for me, but mathematics was the, the hardest part. And I started to truly believe that whenever people say that you don't need mathematics for your life, that might be right on one part. The other part is that whenever you learn it and that when you can comprehend it entirely, it tells and it makes you be the person who can learn very fast anything technical when it comes to technical stuff. Uh, so yeah, as I said, after first year, I got that grant and they started paying for my studies. So I was very happy. You cannot imagine how proud I was. That how proud your mom must have been as well, Rich. Like, yes, to go yes. From, being from to go from like basically college dropout to yes, son, exactly. Son, she and she invested. I became one of the best, one of the best students uh, at my um, my university grades. I, I had very good uh, marks in the programming. I was one of the best at mathematics. I wasn't the best. There were very genius people. One of them is I'm still friends with, um, who was smarter than most of the teachers, by the way. And I was hanging out with him. That that became my first. Uh, um, circle of friends like that mathematic genius and my current friend as well he's still staying in Latvia by the way doing Java um, so I got that grant they started paying for my studies I understood that I can be successful I can successfully learn and afterwards I can successfully work as being one of the best I already got the offer to work at my second grade already at one of the companies, but as a tester. And I thought I need money very bad because I never had an opportunity to get money during my life other than that construction work in the childhood. I decided that I need to work, but make rational decision. Do I want to stay and bind myself with testing? Um, area and industry or I actually want to chase my wish to work as a programmer. I started to think where I want to work and even already at the university when I was there uh, we had a presentation from the CEO of Accenture Latvia, Maxims Yegorovs. He's very well known right now. He's right now I believe is one of the main people in the entire Accenture Baltics and I liked him so much that I thought, wow, how cool would it be eventually to work at that company? And that was the case. I started working at Accenture years after as an intern. And I got uh, a proposal. Richard, do you want to stay with Java? Because that's what I started as an intern, uh, as like preparing bootcamp for Accenture. Um, Accenture Latvia had that uh, so-called bootcamp for all the new uh IT people in in IT world they were preparing them for for the real work and i was thinking that i will be working in java i still didn't know anything about salesforce and at the end of that bootcamp there were so there were 40 applications for 10 places in the bootcamp and only three people after the bootcamp was able to apply for an internship at actual accenture i was one of those and I got a proposal. Hey, Richard, do you want to stay with Java, stay programming? 
or we have that new interesting capability called Salesforce. We are giving you some time to think, couple of days. Please do your make your decision. I went home. I started googling. I started googling, watched some YouTube videos about Salesforce, and I really started really evaluating everything. Uh, do I really want to be a programmer anymore? Yeah, I know that I can be a successful programmer. I, programming is very easy for me, but maybe I want something else. And I thought that Salesforce might be the case. And I took that offer. My friends made fun of me because, hey, Richard, what the hell, man? We were studying that hard so that you are switching from programming to something else where programming is may not be required on the most part. It's a big, it's a big risk, though, man. It's a big yes, risk because we was. talk about Salesforce now as this it was. huge it was. beast that it is. But back then, you're speaking to people who are like, what's Salesforce, Rich? Yeah, you exactly. going to pay off? Exactly. And when I just started, I was earning, as an intern, 300 euros a month. I was already happy about that because you understood that I was a guy without and a kid without money at all. Uh, and then... The interns, the successful interns uh, in Accenture uh, would get a proposal to work as a full-time employee. And I got that. I was so proud and so happy that I can finally say that in my life, I got into a, an actual position in a great company as a IT developer. I was so proud you could not imagine. I was earning still a very small amount of money when you would think about current Salesforce market of architects, right? But I was so proud and it was such a great achievement for myself. All these years, right from the moment when I started to think that I need to step up my uh, brain game <laughs> and uh, it, it has all paid off at that moment. Mother was proud. Uh, all entire family like that 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 kid that who who was the worst in almost entire school got to work as a programmer um within three years and it was my goal by the way i was always setting goals even when i started in accenture goals within projects goals within uh, achievements within um recognition i grown into a middle developer then into a senior developer within three years was already very proud of that and then i got this um offer from outside from austria to work as a contractor <clears throat> and i thought for two months should i do that should i relocate from latvia to austria to start working as a contractor i decided to do so and that moment was the best decision in my entire life and uh, shout out to capgemini uk they did something that um, was another great milestone of mine. I joined Capgemini UK as a senior developer consultant for Velocity. And at one moment, I got a call uh, from one of the managers saying, hey, Richard, we are starting a new project. We are assigning you as an end-to-end -end architect. We know that you are the one of the best people to do that role. So we trust in you. Do not fuck it up. <laughs> Um, um, and, and I was very it. proud and of you that. Did it, you, you delivered, well, right? it, it was very complex and difficult project. I had to work for a lot of hours. Um, it was one of the hardest parts of my career. The project got delivered. 
shortly after because my uh, services were not needed anymore because the design was done. Uh, the main part was done. And um, I got approached by you guys, by uh, Nikki. I was evaluating some more opportunities, but this proposal from you guys, from Nikki, the passion of yours, speaking to both of you, because uh, when I started to think and evaluate, even though Nikki was the first who approached me, uh, then she uh, she plugged you in as well. So I got to know you guys. It was very great. And uh, yeah, as you know, I decided to work at Salesforce. It was amazing. It was very great experience. I loved everything there, the culture, everything, but uh, and your attitude. Uh, and I love what you are doing, guys, for the community. I. I'm I have subscribed for most of European and I think pretty much every European recruitment agency, right? But I think that you are the only one, guys, who are doing stuff that you are doing. How pro how you are sure. promoting everything? So it's so Nikki, um, you, Nikki, you've been quiet. You, you need to come. What are you doing for the community, guys? Together. Yeah, what are you doing for the community, guys? It's all respect. So really great job, and I appreciate the hell out of working with you uh, working at yeah. salesforce great company great culture but you know we are contractors we are not always staying at one place there are multiple variables that decide what are you doing where are you staying where not especially when you're already an architect it might be costly for something for for projects for clients and so forth so yeah i moved on now I'm here with NTT, amazing place again. I'm happy that I'm here. And I, it, it happened to be that every place, every change, every switch of job that I did, I was always happy and I never regret of any switch that I did. So Nick brought us together. She vouched for you from the minute. I remember the moment that she actually spoke to you and she was like, Hemi, he would be great for this. And getting to know you obviously through Nikki, was a pleasure but nick i know wanted to ask you a few things personally because i know that she's been a fan of yours from day one before i even knew who richard was and i remember seeing you on linkedin but never got a chance to conversate with you but nick obviously you know amazing guy man what a story yeah, what a story 100 it's like you know when you talked about your experience and obviously i didn't know all of that before we actually like had some type of rapper building um it's just it's like a complete 360 change of your life within like last seven years that's amazing and i want to yeah. say really inspiring yeah. to everyone literally like watching and hearing out your story that's amazing um you obviously said that you've been lucky enough to always have like a good um project for you know yourself surrounded by great people so how are you how are you finding so far at this point the market within uh, industries around emia wise um so it's still in a great demand especially for hands-on technical practitioners and guys experts in those main areas in velocity which is cpq your apis your interface for different kinds of cpq epc product modeling uh, order management especially omni studio all that is in a very high demand. I think if you are, whoever is watching, if you are a technical specialist in any of those areas, 
you should know that you are in a great demand still, at least across Europe, because I know mostly the European market, a bit of a Canadian because I have a friend there, uh, but it is still a great demand. Uh, it is more complicated for architects, for sure, but the technical hands-on guys is definitely what this market needs. Uh, and one other good thing, and a lot of your uh, colleagues are promoting this, is that it's very easy to enter the Salesforce world. It's easy to enter the Velocity world. You need, you will obviously need to show interest to spend uh, time and effort learning, studying as your prior uh, upfront practice. But it's easy to get here. And if you will prove that you can learn and that you can do stuff, you will not even need probably to, to program a lot. It's easy to get here, and there is still a big demand. And I will just, I, I just hope that there will, the demand will remain. I know that all of your major European companies, they are using Salesforce. A lot of companies are using Velocity. The, so the market just grows in terms of companies. Obviously, the talent also grows because we are getting a lot of velocity experts right now. Five years ago, it wasn't like that. You can count by the fingers of all your hands and legs, probably how many people you had uh, with velocity in Europe. Right now, there is a lot more, but it is still, it's great to be here. It's a great framework to focus on. And altogether, having worked at so many places and especially in Salesforce itself, I think it's, it's like amazing place to be. Um, and if, you, if whoever is watching, if you are still not a contractor and if you are thinking, I know there might be difficulties with visa for uh, foreign countries uh, outside of Europe and so forth. But still, if you are still an internal employee somewhere and if you held the, have that free um, room at your life that you can risk some stability of yours to put yourself into some a bit more unstable and a bit more demanding environment. It's a great um, way to do so is to become a contractor if you're not yet or in Velocity and Salesforce market is a great, great place to be there. I was going to say what you said, Rich. Uh, I feel like everyone's in it now. I remember when I got into it like five, six years ago and I was the only recruiter. And now I just see every agent is like velocity. We need velocity. We need velocity, which is cool. I feel like I was early in the wave. Thanks to many people at velocity, you know, the VJ suits, people like that. Uh, Nick had one really cool question because, you know, for those that don't know Nick, she works with candidates like Richard all across Europe. And I think the biggest thing that she's helping with along with the rest of the team is is interviews. Uh, Nick, I don't know if you want to expand on that because I feel it's an important area 100%. within tech. 100%. Um, obviously, for those who know you well, uh, Richard, I think they seen some big names on your life experience so far, and I'm sure that more famous big companies yet to come. But talk us through what is your strategy or perhaps a secret or some tips and tricks uh, when it comes to actually passing an interview and what would you recommend to anyone in, in the ecosystem who might be you know, a little bit struggling with that? Yeah, sure. So firstly, 
I'm again, I'm quite a lucky person. Maybe, maybe it's luck. Maybe it's also the uh, the commitment, the understanding of your own strengths, the confidence in yourself. But myself, all the interviews that I had, uh, even evaluating multiple offers at once, I have passed all of them successfully. Always, it was always the case that I haven't failed, even nearly failed a single interview in my entire career. A big part of that is confidence. Another big part, obviously, is your knowledge, your experience. And so, first of all, you need to get, gain confidence in your knowledge. You need to spend time learning. You need to be lucky to be in projects where you grow your personal skill set. Obviously, it's not just luck. You need to be um, uh, you need to be right, and you need to always evaluate correctly your decisions, your place where you're going, your initiations, the stuff that you worked work on. Everything plays a role, but in the end of the day, it's all about your knowledge, confidence, and managing of your and um, the other side's expectations. Um, and as a, that was a part as, a, as an interviewee, but as an interviewer, I just want people to be successful. Whenever I ask a question, I hope that he will answer the, that. I hope that he will be able to improvise, that he will be able to give me some insights to, from his head, some random, wild, cool thoughts on some technical topics so that I understand that the person didn't just um, studied by head some uh, important uh, popular topics that you can Google always, but I want that people understand what they're speaking about, that they can easily flow with their, their thoughts without thinking too much, but just saying how they are looking at specific solution, situation, question, and so forth. That's what everyone is looking for. Um, that's what is best to provide to your other side when you are participating in in the interview. So it's it's not. It might sound simple sometimes how to get here in this world, but it will always come with demand of your learning and your knowledge. So you, you always need to learn. Great advice, Rich. I think I think look, if we look at you know your journey and you know we've learned a lot about you and I hope people watching take inspiration. I think a lot of the things that you've been through in life and you've learned from a to the fact that where you are now, because if you think about the beatboxing, people are looking at it like he was a beatboxer, but people won't understand coming from media or being on stage in front of a hundred or even ten or thousands how intimidating and nerve-wracking that can be, but what it does for your soft skills, for your confidence, for your self-esteem. I think a lot of it in interviews is confidence. I think there's great people who we speak to every day who you can have normal conversations with, and then when they go in front of someone like you, they seem to diminish in character. So I think, look, your honesty today, you know, everything that you've told us about, you know, 
being someone who was permanent, you know, in a comfortable position, working for the biggest partner in Salesforce. For those people that don't know, Accenture has been the biggest and still is the biggest. And you left a permanent role, which was like your lottery ticket in so many ways from where you came from. And then you decided to take another risk. And then you went contracting to the point where now you're working on some of the biggest telco projects across EMEA, you know, make testament to you and everything you've been through. The bit that we like to end this with, Rich, and this is just, look, quick fire. I don't want you to think too much. And I know that's hard because you seem like a very calculated, sharp, uh, you know, out thoughtful man. Uh, this is basically just a quick fire round for people to get to know you, get to know, you know, Rich a little bit more away from the screen, away from the SFI world, away from being an architect. So look, don't think, just speak. I have to start it with probably something that, you know, just resonates because of everything you told us. Your top favorite hip hop song that you still listen to. to this song? Day. Yeah, like your top hip hop album, song, artist, someone that you would still go to to this day that gives you that motivation and that, uh, you know, that little boost. I may not always listen it, but it always pops up to my heart, uh, head. Shook once. Bob D. Uh, yep. I, I'm glad that you know that. And some, and actually a lot of songs from Wu-Tang, from Method Man. So a lot of that stuff. Some Russian, some Russian music as well, but I mostly preferred uh, your American hip hop bands. Another one, favorite destination in the world, Rich, that you visited or you haven't visited yet that is on Richard's bucket list. Favorite one that I have visited is Austria, where I live right now. I love it. I love the place. I love to be here. Uh, I just love it. Uh, what, where I want to travel, Dubai. <laughs> uh, it's a cliche, it's a fancy place, but still I want to go there. Um, I'd like to visit London, never been there. And I have a lot of friends there and I have you guys there. And a lot of friends of mine, even back from school, and I still never been there. We <laughs> so, gotta do a London trip. Um, we gotta do a London trip soon. Uh, last question: When you're not working crazy hard, and you, you did mention, you know, about extra study and stuff, which we don't have to go into, but what do you do to de-stress? Like, you know, a lot of people are suffering from mental health. We touched upon, you know, depression. You know, you 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 were so honest in talking about that, and there's so many that shy away from it, especially men who feel too proud or maybe just they, they're not comfortable. What do you do to relax when things get on top of you and you feel that life's moving crazy? Like, how do you de-stress? I love to practice a lot of different stuff that I like. For example, the latest hobbies and interests of mine is perfumery. Uh, I collect perfumes. I have a lot. I study a lot of perfumery chemistry notes, how it's all done and so forth. I do not plan to make anything of my own, uh, but it's just very interesting, interesting topic for me. I love to see on the um, shelves like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> fra fragrance by Richard, <laughs> SFI. Yeah, that that would be funny. <laughs> uh, one other, one other thing, um, knives, uh, everything that comes to sharp objects. I have a good, great collection of knives. Kitchen knives, pocket knives, and uh, the um, the epitome of it is when you can sharpen your knives in a very nice way. That when you're 
super steel is shiny as a mirror when you can place your um, sharp edge of a knife like this and bring a hair, a single hair to it without pressure and it will cut that hair right on the air. But the greatest stress relief is just sports. So I'm going to gym for a lot of years already. Um, yeah, and sports, eating, uh, relieving, watching movies, watching TV shows, everything that the normal person would do. I love the transition, Rich. It's I, great. I, I love like, <laughs> how we went from perfume. But you know what? With knives, I've heard there's something satisfactory to sharpening knives. Like there's something that generally I was watching a documentary on it. And like you said about not even putting the pressure on it and it can just cut a fine hair. And the fact that you go through all that to sharpen it. But Rich, you are a man of many talents. You have got a vast background. I think anyone watching today can take the fact that you are so honest, like you spoke about things that many would shy away from. And I respect you for that. I respect the, f the fact that Nikki brought us together. And I hope that anyone watching this can know you can go from literally nothing to something without money, you know, without the best resources, without a network and, and shout out to your mum and all the mums out there and all the single mums, because I feel like that one common denominator that stuck by you and believed in you was your mum you know if she never got you that laptop who knows man like you know you maybe might have found a way but she was there but look rich you're an amazing guest anyone watching this if you need any advice in life sure i know rich is a big busy guy but if you ever need inspiration or advice on sfi or you know just the basics of how to get into an industry like that please use linkedin for the better and you know he's someone that you definitely want to have in your network thank you very much guys hemi nikki you always can put everything in such a nice way that even a guy like me can sound like such a great, perfect SFI expert, which I, I am not. Um, and last advice to everyone, do not be afraid to fail. Fail with dignity. I have failed throughout my career. I have made some bad technical decisions. I tried to make, make it up for it uh, and I learned from it and I will never make it again. So you will you will never be perfect, whatever you do. You will, especially when you are facing such hard and demanding um, needs, requirements and pressure from other side where you work, um, you will never be perfect at everything. So just do your stuff, try to be good and the best at what you're doing, fail sometimes, and learn from what you're failing, from your mistake, it will prevent you from doing that anymore in the future if you are doing that in the right way. So um, I'm also not perfect, but it's the way the way we are, everyone. So thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate you. you having me here. I was very excited from the start. I was uh, a bit nervous when Nikki has proposed that. I, I wasn't expecting this, but very excited. Amazing to be here and so much respect to you guys for what you're doing for the community. Just hands down, no one does it. You are doing that. So you're great. I feel like, I feel like after this though, Rich, we need to see a Richard Slough podcast of his own. Like I, I think people would tune into you every week because <laughs> you have got some facets of your life that are just so interesting. I could sit with you over a whiskey and a cigar. Oh, for and, sure. And, I, I would in, love in that. Look, that will be the next episode. This. Next episode, London, <laughs> cigar, whiskey. We're going to go for part two. But Rich, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, 
Mate, honestly, you're an inspiration. And I'm, I'm not just saying that, like, to come from what you have, to do what you're doing, and your journey's not over. So I look forward to seeing what you go on and achieve for the next how many years and, and how the ecosystem evolves. But on that note, I'm going to sign out. Nikki, you can take us out. Rich is out. We're going to see you guys very soon. Peace.